When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Super Bowl Radio Row. Welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast presented by Factor Meal Kits. Head to factormeals.com slash Eagles50 and use code Eagles50 to get 50% off. Bo Wolf and Zach Berman here. Welcome to Vegas, Zach, your favorite place in the world. It's one of them. Love being here. Feel the energy. I feel the excitement. Excited for a week of shows. Super Bowl and Vegas together. This is like a this is like a Zach Berman fever dream. Among, yeah, among those two and things. And being one of the first shows live today. I mean, exactly. an early morning Las Vegas Super Bowl. Uh, I can't imagine anything else that, I mean, unless Topanga goes walking by behind <laughs> us, mean, then. Let's not elevate Topanga. No, this is great. This is great. Uh, I can say that I, I'm a fan of West Coast time, right? Up at 4.30 this morning. It felt natural, right? 7.30 back home. And ah, as, you, as you're at a Super Bowl, and it's still Monday, but you start to feel the energy build up build up right yeah, by this Wednesday is still here, the be very buzzing. beginning yes exactly. uh, and as we go along this week shows Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday at noon we start a little bit late today but that's okay yeah I got got to get the setup going Nick Sirianni uh, time that's all I like to call Sir, it. yeah that's exactly right yeah. uh, well, there was a snowstorm a couple months ago that's why we're <laughs> 20 minutes late today um, We've got lots of guests lined up. We're going to hear from E.J. Smith in a little bit to talk about what are the top priorities for this Eagles season. But as the week goes on, we'll try to sort of pull people in. Uh, tonight is media night, Zach. You're going to get a chance to talk to you're going to try to talk to Andy Reid. Who's your, who are your top priorities for media night tonight? Well, there's so many people I'm looking forward to speaking to. But on the Kansas City side, certainly Andy Reid. Uh, if you think about it, so it's 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 2024, as we all know, breaking news, right? Um, and 1999 was when Andy Reid was hired. So 25 years, good, a, a, a good number there. And good the time thing, to reflect on uh, the past sort of ha a quarter decade of exactly. Eagles history if you were in, in or, or the mood for something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, quarter century. Quarter century, that's what I meant. Yeah, quarter yes. decade. He was actually in the championship games within yeah, a quarter okay. decade, but certainly not winning Super Bowls like this. But, yeah, looking forward to speaking to him. Looking forward to catching up with Javon Hargrave mm. either tonight or this week. Um, there's a few other. Yeah, I mean, uh, Prince Tegawinogo, Matt Pryor. Ken Flagel. Flage. we talked 
Doug Deflade last year. Yes. So a lot of people I'm looking forward to catching up with some people on the in the Chiefs organization who you know I've gotten to know over the years, and then uh, the Niners don't know the Niners as well, but looking forward to to that. So that will be tonight, and then we'll keep having some more guests as the week goes on and spe start speaking to players on different teams. We'll have uh, Bo on the street, which is one of my favorite features. Is Not a feature that has ever existed before, so <laughs> an odd thing for you to say. I just mean, like, you put you put Bo in the wild to, to do interviews. Bo knows um, Eagles Esoterica, uh, the Wolf Stand, however you want to frame it. You have Bo asking interesting questions, interesting people. Uh, let's not build it up too much. Hey, I can't wait. Okay, maybe you can do it. I can't do it as well as you can. Okay. That's, that's well, we'll get into a little bit more of the like uh, Vegas of it all, the yes. the interesting things that happened on our flight with EJ, who was on our flight. Uh, but let's let's quickly get into some of the little Eagles news that has trickled out since we last spoke on Friday. Do you want to do a Stone Cold Newsman? Give us the updated uh, info on the Eagles coaching staff. Yeah, according to ESPN, the Eagles are are adding Doug Nussmeyer as their quarterbacks coach. Now, Doug Nussmeyer, as we discussed on the emergency show a week ago. Last Sunday, thank you. I, I I can hear you better now. Yeah. At the beginning of the show, I there's so many shows going on here, so I didn't know I was talking about you. We're talking about hockey. Um, anyways, Doug Nussmeyer, uh, who has a background with Kellen Moore, worked with him in Dallas, worked with him with the Chargers, but has offensive coordinator experience too. He, he called plays with Florida, with Washington. That's the Washington Huskies. Okay, Steve Belichick is with the Washington Huskies now, not the Washington Commanders. Uh, he was with the good cutoff for a, a reference that nobody else knows <laughs> nobody anything else about, yes. uh, which is right up your alley, right? Um, sort of. The University of Michigan. Usually, it's an in joke with the sickos. Yeah. Uh, the University of Michigan, Alabama. So, certainly a, a credentialed. Uh, quarterbacks coach. He he has a lot of experience here. He'll be working closely. The dream team staff continues. <laughs> He'll be working closely with Jalen Hurts and then obviously with Kellen Moore. Um, elsewhere, it was reported by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic that DK McDonald is going to the University of Kansas. Uh, so we expected there to be changes across the defensive coaching staff and McDonald we didn't expect to be back in the same capacity. We, we thought the Eagles would add a defensive backs coach. That's a position that we, we figured Vic Fangio would bring in his in his own coach. Uh, DK McDonald, though, has a long history with Nick Sirianni. They, they they worked together at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. They were actually roommates together there, and they were in each other's weddings. And McDonald started as like an assistant D-backs coach, worked his way up uh, with the Eagles, was a part of the original staff, and was the D-backs coach last year. So that's a notable change for the Eagles, and, and, and we'll see uh, who they add and then we're do you make that do you make of that that this is like a, a continued uh, clipping of Sirianni's wings or was this sort of I mean it felt like the writing was on the wall there anyway yeah I, I really thought that coaching staff and personnel wise that defensive staff or, or that did defense was going to be overturned so you can't obviously get rid of all these players, but I figured they would have a new secondaries coach. I didn't know if it would be a reassignment of DK McDonald. Sometimes you see that. But look, he gets to go to Kansas, who had a really good defense last year. Uh, and but we still don't know the identity of the new secondary no, coach. That's, no, we don't. And, you know, that that will probably sort it out in the next few days and in weeks, especially now that all the NFL staffs are filled. And I imagine these these uh, position coaches 
those, you know, the musical chairs, if you will, will start to settle. I feel like as if this staff continues apace and, you know, they hire a secondaries coach who has been a defensive coordinator before or something like that, it really does create an odd dynamic where, like, aside from the, the holdovers, like, Nick Sirianni is going to be the only person who hasn't been in a bigger job somewhere else. You know, like, everybody else is downgraded a level from the, from the biggest job they've had. Which is the opposite of how, of how last year's staff was, frankly. You know, last year's staff was a lot of elevations, was a lot of promotions. Uh, so that, that doesn't surprise me, and it's probably a, a good thing you, you get an experienced staff. The thing with that is... Well, a wise man avoids all extremes. Wise, I, I don't know if that's an extreme per se, uh, but certainly the, the, the way you look at that is, is big personalities, you know, a lot of experience. If you're a defensive coordinator and you're going to be a defensive lines coach or a defensive coordinator and you're going to be a defensive backs coach or a defensive coordinator and you're going to be a linebackers coach, uh, then you bring a certain amount of gravitas to the room that I don't know if the Eagles had last year when they were either promoting or hiring from the college level. So I think that is a notable difference, and considering the way the defense plays, last year and some of the things that we're hearing from that unit it's probably a welcome change i agree i just i do think that it is an, uh, a recipe for ego clashing like if every single person is like well you know i could do that job better in their mind i don't know how i don't know how like combustible that might be uh, that's such a cynical way to view the world that everyone has an ego that they're bringing that thinks they can do it better what about being part of a team how about um, leaning into the fact that you've covered this league for a decade and you know how this works? <laughs> I, that, that is true. Uh, yeah, it certainly depends on the person, depends on the role. But also, people want jobs. And if you're a defense coordinator who is getting replaced somewhere else, then typically that is uh, you're not going to get another D coordinator job. So you have to go down a level. And so it makes sense. Now, I would be more worried about it from the ego clashing perspective, if you will, if the Eagles had a first-time defensive coordinator, right? Like, if, if they were promoting a linebacker's coach to D coordinator, and then they have brought in all these former D coordinators to be position coaches, then that's where you say, similar to probably Matt Patricia and Sean Desai this past year, right? Like, someone's looking over your shoulder. But Vic Fangio, uh, he comes in, he, he has that gravitas as it is. So I don't think he's necessarily has to be worried about someone trying to take his role. I think you're right about the defense, but it, I said this before, it does sort of set up to me like a defense versus offense type deal where we've seen that we've seen that yeah. before. That's a famous trope in Eagles history. I just it's something that's on my radar. Sure. And it's it's going to be incumbent upon Nick Sirianni to make sure that that does not occur to coach the coaches if you will. The last thing that happened this this weekend, I don't know if you caught any of the Pro Bowl yesterday. Did you catch that? I did not. Okay. So Jalen Hurts ran a little Philly special type play on the 6 year anniversary of the Philly special. Where could we read about that? Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles, Emotional Road, Super Bowl victory, which you can find anywhere books are sold. Um, and, and shout out to listener, reader in Germany who got the book. Vetold. I love that. Um, I, yeah, I hope the shipping costs were okay. I actually don't think that was Vetold. I think it was uh, okay. our, our, a different uh, German listener. Also, it, we have it, so many German listeners. It was pretty humbling to see, by the way. I was on eBay. Johannes? I was on eBay and I saw a copy of that book, on uh, a signed copy of the book. It was on sale for like nine. Uh, 
uh, like 970 something. But the funny part about it is you see who I personalized the really the copy to. oh yeah. no. So it's like oh who was it? Uh, I, I can actually pull it up and oh, tell you. Oh no. Yeah, let me pull that up. But oh, that, that's depressing. That was funny to see. Um, but yeah, so Jalen Hurts did not catch. He looked more like Tom Brady than Nick Foles out there. Oh, um, I missed on, this. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he did, a, and Malcolm Jenkins ran on the field and slapped him on the butt and said, come <laughs> on, Jalen. Now, it wasn't a great pass from C.D. Lamb, mm. but that was an Eagles-related note in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Jason Kelsey, as you would imagine, was like the man about town there, right? Camera loved him. RG3, you know, loved talking about him during the... I, I was watching the Pro Bowl with my son. He was loving it. Uh, and it wasn't a great event for, like, you know, Landon Dickerson or... Yeah, you know, the flag right. football doesn't really fit yeah. it. Yeah, but it was it was it was it was cool. it was cool to see. It was cool to watch. As you go on eBay, I do think the sickos are going to want to know what was the resolution to the uh, Stanley auction that was supposed to close on Sunday. It did. It sold. Right at sixty, or did anybody come in over the top? Sixty-one. Sixty-one. Wow. Look here, Dd. Dd. Hope this book brings back good memories. Thank you for reading. Enjoy. Then my signature. So Dd. Wow, uh, Dd. Now, do you think that that was for Dd or a gift for Dd from someone else? Good question. You don't remember Dd. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I don't remember. I remember. Um, I mean, this is this is my like typical signature for you know. Hope this brings good. back good I, memories. I gotta tell you, very good handwriting because your handwriting when you're taking notes is is not legible. Oh. That's that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So this is 9.95. So uh, you can all buy. caps. That's cool. Yeah, Jalen Rose writes in all caps as well. Is that why you do it? It's not why I do it, but it makes me feel good about doing it. Okay. Uh, last thing before we get to uh, ad breaks and bring on EJ Smith. Uh, commanders made their uh, oh, yeah. their hires for yep. coordinators. What did you make of those? Cliff Kingsbury uh, and Joe Witt Jr. Joe Witt Jr., by the way, a friend of Jonathan Gannon's. They work together with the Falcons, I believe. Uh, just want to mention that. <laughs> do you just, like, uh, you fire off a text to JG every time a person gets hired? <laughs> Are you friends with him? <laughs> Or her? No, not necessarily. But you know, I, I know the names that that Jonathan Gannon's mentioned over the years. Okay. So you have a database of uh, of Gannon references, if you will. Okay. Uh, so, what do I make of it? Cliff Kingsbury, he's a he's a polarizing uh, figure in the football world. I mean, had a, his offenses in Arizona were productive at times, unimaginative at times. The connecting the dots that you see is that he worked at USC last year with Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is a D.C. native. I mean, that would be like a slam dunk for Washington, but they have to get from two to one to do it probably. And I imagine that's a significant trade to get it from two to one. So um, it adds, it certainly adds a wrinkle to the draft. We have a super chat, by the way. Oh, do we? Yes, super chat. How about I read this this time? Okay. Um, once I get this off of my screen. Would you say Jason Kelsey being on the winning NFC snap team during Pro Bowl weekend oh. counts as an eagle wins something for the purposes of swooper? I don't know. Did we have that as a swooper? Did we? Uh, we didn't. I don't think we did. We didn't do a, a swooper for the I think Pro we Bowl. will do a swooper on Friday for the Super Bowl, though. I love that. We need a third person, though. 
Or uh, if not a super, uh, yeah. uh, Goose Wisely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, EJ, why don't you come uh, get a seat as we uh, talk about some of our friends who are making this happen in Vegas this weekend. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. What would you do with a free $100? You could buy... Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles' emotional road to Super Bowl victory for $10 on eBay, and then use the rest of the money, $90, put it on black, double it up, who knows, whatever you want to do. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know all about Game Time. We've been talking about Game Time since day one. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last-minute tickets, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big-time savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As Bo mentioned at the top of the show, we're presented by Factor Meal Kits. We appreciate their support. And Factor Meal Kits, so it's it's February now, but we're still in the resolutions. And one of the and I had a resolution this year to eat healthier. Well, where can I do that? You can get started with Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery store altogether, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-created, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week. That's incredible. That's enough to last you through the week. It includes options like keto, calorie, smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Plus, they have over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. And if you have a special occasion, it's Valentine's Day coming up. Think about that. Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And when things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals with offerings like Protein Plus and keto. I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for my new year and post-Super Bowl goals. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me energized during frantic times. Head to factormeals.com slash eagles50 and use code eagles50 to get 50% off. That's 50% off. That's code eagles50 at factormeals.com slash eagles50 to get 50% off. Nicely done, Zach. Thank you. 
I, I'm passionate about Factor Meals, so I want to support you should be. They're audience. making this we all happen for us. They the have PHLY us here in Vegas. Eagles podcast in Vegas brought to you by Factor Meal Kits. E.J. Smith, the man, the myth, the legend. We, we hung out in Mobile a couple days ago. Now we're here in Vegas. We're just world traveling together. And not only that, you had the pleasure of being on the same flight as us out here. PHOI Charter, right? That's right. That was a good line. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I want to say first time, long time. You know, I, I, I have you guys on my television a lot. I, my wife and my dogs, you know, they're very familiar with your voices and the cadence of the show. So, no, I appreciate you guys having me. Does your Is your dog offended by... Uh... By how much Bo teases me? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think that my dogs are probably a little bit Team Bo here. You know, it's it's good for the show. It's comedy. So okay, <laughs> it's all it's all love. Love in Vegas, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know. Uh, you, uh, uh, this is not a tease. Okay, but. You were there. I, we, I think we both witnessed what felt like sort of an existential, um, borderline <laughs> breakdown from Zach on the plane when. The Wi-Fi was not working. Now, like the entertainment was working. You know, this is a, this is like a, uh, an eight o'clock flight, five-hour flight to Vegas. So you, know, you, you could try to sleep, but uh, tough decision. Obviously, Zach's going to want to be working. And I saw the drink cart coming through, and and I know I could see I could see because you were you were one row ahead of me and, and one row behind EJ, and I could see you like you're you don't want to bother anybody. I no. know that. You don't want to impose, but you also you got you got some work that you want to get done. You're like, uh, is is there any chance I'm gonna fix the Wi-Fi? I, I, I didn't say it like that. <laughs> I said, excuse me, will the Wi-Fi be operational on this flight? Mm. And she explained to me that the, the Wi-Fi is not available, but all the entertainment is. But the entertainment doesn't write stories for me, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, I I like to work on flights. Uh, I find it inefficient if I'm not, and so. I I did watch a good Barry Sanders documentary. I like that. I, I like that doc. I had some some books I, I I wanted to get to, but I said, you know what? I can catch some sleep, and so I put on the office, fell asleep for a bit. But no, I I did miss that Wi-Fi, and I know EJ did too, because EJ had a good story in the Enquirer today. <laughs> yeah, I felt a little bad. I mentioned that on our way to the hotel. Like, oh yeah, I got something coming up at 5 a.m. I just saw Zach's face nah, drop. Like, <laughs> like oh, I got beat to the punch on that well, one. Well, if, so, if you yeah. were in Houston with Jalen Hurts, I mean, my face would drop all the way to the ground, right? Which you've done very well in the past too. So it's it's cool having EJ on. Although you said first time, long time, you it's your first time on set with us. Yeah. But you were you did have a great spot last week from Mobile with Bo. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, Olivia. And Olivia. Yeah. Those pretzels. Yeah. Olivia talking about the pretzels. So, so so that was like your. These pretzels are making me thirsty. That was like your orientation. <laughs> that was your slow tease into the the uh, the sicko community here at PHLY. So, anyways, it's it's awesome to have you here. It's great to be here. And we have a yeah. lot to pick your brain about. I I do. I have one other thing to get to. Speaking of Mobile, before we get to uh, the Eagle stuff, yeah, I do want to get on the record this interaction that I witnessed when we were at dinner together. And uh, Ben Solak, great guy, came over to uh, say hi. <laughs> and he like, I, I had to introduce the two of you to each other. He didn't know who you were. I'm you've like, like, you've you've covered him on that show. I'm like, How does he not know who Moonlight. you are? I'm like Moonlit Ben. Like, you know, if, if Ben's not there, I kind of stand in for him. And I, I think we had met one time, so I'm not going to lie. Like, oh, it hurt my, it hurt my ego a little bit. I wasn't oh, offended at all. Okay. No. Uh, we met at, like, the Super Bowl uh, last year, kind okay. of very quickly. He's a busy guy. So, He's got you know, a lot of people to meet. You I know. try not to ever, like, insult someone by being like, hi, my name is EJ. If, like, they, you know, if I've met them before, 
because then they think I didn't remember the, the time we met. Sure, so, but you, you know, also want to give them the out of if they don't remember sure. your name, right. you want to give them the name. Yeah. Like, oh, but I know we've met before. I'm Bo. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, it, so the solution here is you never say nice to meet you. Always say nice to see you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's that's, that's the key. A, that's a good that's a good tip right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just substitute meet for see. Yeah. And then and then you're in the clear because it is offensive when it's like it's it's nice to meet you. It's like actually we, we met, met we met yeah. before. Yeah. So <laughs> what nice if it is you. what if it is definitely the first time? Would you still if you it's know nice for sure that okay? Yeah. It's always nice to you know nice to see you always works. Hey Zach, nice to see you. Right. How much but, longer until you have a self help book for these types of things? That's I mean, a great you question. are like such a resource for like <laughs> professional development and like handling these types of situations. I would. Love I think to, I know your next. I'd book. love to read like a uh, hundred and one sayings to live your life by by Zach Berman. I mean, I I, I can get you to a thousand and one, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to save you the work, but uh, never be afraid of work. Yeah, but say Zach's not. Yeah, afraid never of be work. afraid yeah. of work. Okay. Yeah, just like uh, Jim Harbaugh. You see, he wants to live in the in the RV next to the team facility. How lovely for his wife. I'm envious of that. That's awesome, right? Get right to work. It's, in a, it's, it's more efficient that way. You guys got something wrong with you. <laughs> but it's nice. Uh, all right, EJ, let me ask you this question. Open-ended. Now that the coaching staff is mostly settled, what do you think is, is in Howie Roseman's mind, the number one priority heading into the offseason? Well, broad spectrum, I think the defense in general. I think that they've got issues on multiple levels. I, I think the defensive front is talented enough, but we all know that Howie likes to target those positions, whether it's defensive tackle or edge rusher. But when you look at it, I honestly feel like the secondary is the thing that they need to rework the most. I think when you look at Vic Fangio's defenses, you know, there's a lot of versatility that's required. There's a lot of, you know, dynamic, whatever. Dynamism. Dynamism, thank you. You've done this before. Yeah. There's a lot. You need these playmakers. You need guys who can kind of, you know, muddy the picture and get to spots. Uh, so I do think, I think that the secondary is probably the area that is most pressing in terms of you, you need a corner, I would imagine, and you need a safety, at least one safety. So... Uh, yeah, I think that that's where I would start. So if, if I can follow up on the corner thing here, and this is, I imagine, I'm giving you a little sneak peek of a talking point you might hear from the Eagles this offseason. And they're going to say Keely Ringo is our third-round pick. They traded a third-round pick. This, they traded their 2024 third-round pick to get Keely Ringo, 20 years old when they drafted him. Uh, and I, I imagine what they'll say is if you put Keely Ringo in this year's draft, he would go before the third round. Now, he'd be 21 this year. Uh, I actually thought... I wasn't impressed during training camp. I said that then. I thought he closed the year well, yeah. and he gives them promise. Now, I understand you need more than one young corner, but do you think the, the discussion of, like, cornerbacks, this long-term need, do you think it's, it's missing the Keely Ringo factor because they might say Keely Ringo would have had a second-round grade if he was in this year's draft? Possibly, but I feel like they need a legitimate playmaker at one of those spots. You okay. know, I think when you look at so, Vic Fangio's so previous stops. So the pick stops, six in the Super Bowl is not the, uh, in, in the national championship? It's not, okay. I'm not sorry quite, yeah, off. no. Okay. I think if you look at Vic Fangio's previous stops, he's had guys like Jalen Ramsey. He's had guys like Patrick Sertan. I think that the defense that he runs, listen, I think he's a flexible coach. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he has to have exactly what he's had at his previous stops. But you, when you looked at what he's been successful with in the past, he hasn't. it's not been like just guys at those positions. And I think Keely Ringo could be like a competent starter, but I think they maybe should aspire for more than that if they want to run the, the defense that Fangio has run in the past. I sort of feel like from a, from a long-term roster building perspective, Keely Ringo is your James Bradbury replacement, yeah. and they need to use the draft to find their Darius Slay replacement. Yeah, I think, that's a good, I think it's a good observation. I think like 
it wouldn't surprise me. I know that the last few years there have been corners that have been on their, you know, radar. You know, yep. I don't think I think they view it as a premium position. They do. Right. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if their first round pick was a corner this year. I also think to your point about the secondary, if uh, if you say water gun to my belly button <laughs> right now, what is the position that the Eagles like the Eagles biggest spending it, player in free agency their biggest outlay is going to be to what position I think it's safety and I, I would put I would put a lot of turkeys on that I feel like so I haven't done a ton of I'm like I'm just getting started on the draft stuff but I know that Zach has to love Cooper DeGene and I kind of just want to throw him out here why uh, because he's like you know one of these guys a playmaker you know he's, he feels a little bit no offense Zach he feels a little bit like the esoteric draft nerds like mm, you okay. know type of like type of player are you not in on Cooper DeGene I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm not as crazy about him as I, I as I think the the draft. I bet Chip loves be. him. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Iowa defenders are, are well coached. Phil Parker's a, he a heck of a defense coordinator. Well, I just I, I like he intrigues me because this is a guy who could probably play safety. He might be a safety, honestly, but like get a chess piece and figure out where he fits. You know, you mentioned the Slayer placement. If Slay's back next year, which I, I would assume he would be. I think so. Then you can play Cooper DeGene at safety for a year and then see, you know, he's a chess piece. Again, he's not, you know, married to one position. So I, I was intrigued by a Cooper DeGene. Again, yeah. I'm early in the draft process. I haven't been, you know, uh, pulling up my, my YouTube, like, you know, all snaps versus one defense or one offense right. yet. But, yeah, no, I thought, I thought he was an intriguing name. I just sort of feel like as they, as they plot it out, You've got, like, they feel good about Sidney Brown long-term. You can't count on him necessarily making a big impact this year. We'll see how his, his rehab goes. Yeah. You've got Reed Blankenship as another good young player, has had some injury concerns, but you can sort of pencil him in. They need a, they need a guy who is like, you know, Kevin Byard from three years ago. It's a pretty good <laughs> yeah. safety. It's a pretty good safety class of yeah. free agents. You, it's a much more guesswork from rookies at that position. Yeah. I don't think they're going to use a premium pick on a safety and think that this guy is going to come in and, and be ready right away to be like the guy who Vic Fangio relies on. Right. Whereas I think they can, I, I think they would do that with a veteran. Yeah. And I mean, they're there. You're right. It's a good class. I think uh, Xavier McKinney, Cam Carl's in that class. Antoine Winfield's in the class, yep. but like, is he going to make it out right, to Tampa right. Bay? I kind of doubt it. So there are a lot of options. for sure. And there's some also uh, potential salary cap casualties. Quandre Diggs could come free from yeah. Seattle, a couple mm -hmm. other guys. So that's sort of how, how I feel about that that going how about, how about you Zach yeah if, if I had to use the turkeys on a free agent signing I would think safety uh to your point I think that's a spot where Howie has kind of trusted free agency more than the draft sure he's talked in the past about the challenge of evaluating um safeties coming out and some of it's based on scheme some of it's you know that's it's the, with the college offenses now, that might be uh, a dated way of, the, uh, of thinking because college offenses and NFL offenses are somewhat comparable. But it, it, it has been a challenging position for them to, to evaluate. And like you said, I think it's a deep free agent safety class, and I don't think it's a particularly good safety draft class unless you're moving a corner over to safety like a Cooper DeGene. I also think, and I've, I've been saying this, I like some of these linebackers in this draft class. So I don't think that's a position where I would rush to sign someone because I think you can find in the second or third round someone who can be an every-down linebacker for you, whether it is Junior Colson, whether it is uh, a, a Cooper from Texas A&M. I, I know everyone in Philly wants Jeremiah Trotter yeah. Jr., right? But I, I, th I think there's some decent linebackers in this class, and I would rather sign a safety and draft a linebacker than sign a linebacker and draft a safety. 
Well, it doesn't have to be either it or. It doesn't have to be either or. And I actually sure. sort of disagree about linebacker. I think okay. we have seen that play out enough of <laughs> we don't need to sign a linebacker in free agency. We'll see how the draft plays out, and then we'll address it afterwards. I do not think that they can just say, well, we've got N'Kobe Dean. We don't need another linebacker right now. I think they I think they need to sign somebody of the, a like, just, okay. just a little bit above the Kaiser White level, like a three or four million dollar guy. Now, it is not a great class of free agent linebackers, it looks like, so that might be easier said than done. But also, I don't think they should spend a second round pick on a linebacker. I, I, I think their, their draft valuation of the position makes yeah. sense to me. I think they should use one or two fifth round picks on the position. Um, but I do not think that they can just be like, well, Nakobe, we, we love the player, we love the person, we're ready to go there. I, I think that that's a place where they, they probably do need, for Vic's defense, somebody of a, of a higher floor. As much uh, as Howie has talked about, like, you know, the safety position is being hard to evaluate. If you look at his, tra his track record, drafting linebackers, especially on day two, it's really spotty. I mean, it's Davion Taylor and it's the Kobe Dean in the last few years. Like, I think he has as much trouble evaluating that position as safety at this point. I don't think the, the I, I hear you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that linebacker is more the, the valuation than the evaluation because they just don't want to spend those resources on linebackers. And they think that's a position where you can draft and develop, where you can find bargain players. And when it works, you get T.J. Edwards and you get Kaiser White. When it doesn't work, you're, you get Zach Brown. And, yeah. Or yeah, get, but to you your point, I mean, the, the, they've used yeah. two third-round picks on the position. Right, yeah, they, they have used out. some resources on it. Well, we don't like, know if Dean hasn't worked out yet. but yeah, Sure, yeah, no, you're right. Dean could come back next year healthy and play sure. really well. But at the, at the very least, like the Davion Taylor pick, like that is the starting sure. linebacker that this defense is missing in some ways. You know? Exactly. Like, they have used resources on it. They just haven't been able to really. I guess, I, I, I guess what I would concede is that it's been both. It's been the evaluation and the valuation. I'm still standing by Jeremy Chin being an eagle next year, whether it's a safety whether it's a, a weak side linebacker type thing, um, I I think Jeremy Chin's going to be an eagle next year. Okay. Now, just to follow up on the earlier Super Chat, uh, it is in reference to another Super Chat here. The Super question was for a Super game among friends. They ah, wanted to okay. uh, get the ruling from Bo. And uh, this is the problem with Super. If you don't clarify it, you have to, you have to do these things in advance. And so, I mean, it feels a little bit cheap. To say that an eagle wins something, is Jason Kelsey being on the winning NFC team count for that? It feels like that's probably not uh, the spirit of the proposition, but also you can't necessarily argue with that by the letter of the law. If, if you think about the Bo Wolf legacy in life, where does people playing swooper independently fall on that list? Because that is impressive that all of a sudden you've created this game that a faction of Eagles fans <laughs> are playing among friends. Uh, probably at the top. Well, that's that's a big deal, and it's it's a credit to you. That is your game. It took me like two years to understand <laughs> what the game was. So credit to these to these uh, listeners and viewers who picked it up pretty quickly. What else is uh, what else is on your radar for the offseason, EJ? Uh, I love the draft. I know I'm late to it this year, but the draft is always something that uh, I really try to dive into. Like, you know, I'm kind of like you guys. Like, I take it as a real point of pride if I get, you know, a mock draft pick right or, hmm. you know, just, like, identify somebody, especially the later round guys. You, now, you have, now you have to adjudicate that yes. because he made a noise. Yes. You heard that noise. I was ready to say, so have, have you heard this debate? 
Have we had it off camera? <laughs> that no bow, the no, he says, net. Yeah, he no, predicted no, Nolan no, Smith. No, 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 no. Okay, be, so here he you predicted go. Nolan Smith oh, to be yeah. the 10th yeah. overall pick. No, oh, Does he get credit for that no. if he goes 30th? I know. <laughs> I predicted that Nolan Smith would be the Eagles' first round pick. Nolan Smith was the Eagles' first no, round pick. No, you predicted he would be the Eagles' first first round pick. <laughs> the Eagles didn't draft at number 10, so no one, no one got it right yeah. unless you predicted a yeah. trade. It's sequentially there were two picks. <laughs> no, God, you predicted he would be the first one. I he went 200 percent later in the draft than, he, than you he predicted went, him to go. I said Nolan Smith was going to be a first-round pick. Nolan Smith was their first-round pick. I mean, Bo, if this was you, <laughs> this you'd be... It is true. So beneath it you. Beneath me? I mean, Bo, it's, it's literal. It's fact. It's your worst argument. That Nolan Smith's going to be a first-round pick and Nolan Smith was a first-round pick. I said they liked Nolan Smith in the first round. I, I said 10 because I thought Jalen Carter was going to be off the board, but... I thought they were going to take Nolan Smith. They took Nolan Smith. Did you ever say that they were going to trade back? I feel like I remember you saying they might trade back. And, and I get did. It. Yeah. <laughs> a, a matter of fact, that's that's what I said. I said this would be an interesting trade back candidate. I, I thought it would be in From the mid-team. From 10. Yeah. In the <laughs> team. So, look, I predicted them it's taking so, Nolan Smith in the first it's round. so beneath you. You're just upset that, that you haven't had the same hit rate. This is, what, three years, in a, three years in a row that I've, that I've nailed the first that round That you've pick? just done the popular thing. Yeah, that's fine. I had them taking Jordan Davis. I had them taking Devontae Smith. Look, I mean. Yeah, those were correct. <laughs> okay. You, you got those right. This one you did not get right. But they didn't take any of those players at the spot that I said they were going to take them. Oh, you so didn't have the Jordan so, Davis trade up? so different. I didn't have the trade up. Well, because I don't predict trades for my final mock draft. I'm going to take a whiff here. I, I had the Jordan Davis trade up. Yeah. Yeah, I had it. Okay. That's a good that, – I, I now you like, had the exact trade up? You had them going to Baltimore? Yeah, I said that they had or, to, get, or, they had to or, leapfrog Baltimore to okay. get Okay. Yeah. Which well, hasn't really worked out pick. for them so far. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so so you're a you're a draft guy, as you said. Now I like this term. You're late to the draft because I keep hearing that. Does that mean that you're just not watching college football on Saturday? Does that mean you're just grinding the tape now? Like if I asked you two months ago who Cooper DeGene was, would you have known who he was? No, I'm not okay. a college football sicko like oh, you. I'm sorry to hear um, that. I mean, I try, but it's it's tough during the season. You know, you got. I don't know how you do it. Like you've got kids and like you know yeah. actual obligations. Like I just like you know like to spend time with my family or like you know be out of the house for on a Saturday but uh, I wouldn't have life yeah. yeah I yeah. wouldn't have like known as much about Cooper DeGene two months ago so when I say I'm late like I haven't like I've watched some of these guys on you know TV but mm -hmm. I haven't like sat down and what I like to watch like full games of guys you know it's hard to get the all 22 for me at least maybe okay. you guys are plugged in enough to get it uh, but for me like I at least want to watch guys full games against you know some of the better offenses that they play or the defenses that they play before I can really render a, a legitimate opinion of my like I wouldn't sit here and tell you what Cooper DeGene is good at or bad at yet because I haven't you know dove into the film you know okay. I haven't, haven't crunched the that. film yet. I respect yeah, that so. gotta crunch that <laughs> yeah gotta eat some film yeah that's uh, that's what's next for me after the Super Bowl so so we're at the Super Bowl here okay um, and this is your second Super Bowl you're here yep. last year okay what's like uh, what do you get most excited for Super Bowl week what what gets your juices flowing Super Bowl week um, media night is interesting. You know, it's like, it's definitely like productive if you can make it productive. So that was, I mean, again, like this is my second, this is the beginning of my second time. So I thought media night was really great last year, um, being able to get some people that you maybe otherwise wouldn't have been able to get. Um, and then really, honestly, Zach, it all becomes a blur until the game. Hmm. And then the game, like, 
I'll be honest, like last year, like it's funny, like Les Bowen, name drop Les Bowen, like a mentor of mine, somebody who I appreciate greatly. Shout out to Les. Yeah, he told me before the week started, you know, make sure you take a second to appreciate like mm. that you're there. That's and, nice. You know, just kind of like. More Bowen, I say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so basically, a joke yeah, like just take a take a step back and appreciate it. And like, it's funny because I didn't do it. You know, yeah. he warned me. It's like it's, it's going to be a blur. And it was, you know, I think when the team you cover is here, you know, you're just so focused yeah. on the work and, you know, the competition, waking up every morning and seeing what you guys had written. And, you know, uh, Zach's Darius Slade banana pudding story really uh, that felt like the, the, the counterpunch for the hurt story you mentioned earlier. That really oh, that you. really dug wow. that really dug dug at me because I wanted to do that story. So I especially I did the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, oh, I was you happy did, about that. Yeah, Thank you had an excellent Super Bowl, Zach. Um, yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> as a as a lifelong fan of banana pudding, it really hurt that you got that story ahead of me. Um, I, I'd still take the Hurts and Houston story, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so okay. Uh, it was a blur last year. So honestly, like I remember media night being like a, a good opportunity, and I remember the game. Like that was like the one second I got to be like, okay, like I'm about to cover the Super Bowl. You know, like college version of myself would have really hmm. thought that this was a cool opportunity. So my advice there, I'm I'm happy to take someone who had a great Super Bowl yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> someone who got the Darius Slave yeah. banana pudding. Story. I won't live that yeah. down, won't I? Um, sorry. Yeah, I, I said decent, not great. There were some things I would have liked better. Um, but no, uh, in general, national anthem. Take the national anthem before a preseason game, before a regular season game, before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, like, use that time like, man, this is pretty cool, right? That's that's uh, that's the Les Bowen, like, make sure you take time to appreciate it. Yeah. The national anthem's a good time to take inventory of, like, this is a pretty cool moment. So then I'll get, like, the Nick Sirianni tears, like the... Uh like yeah. the pre-Super Bowl That's emotions. exactly what Nick did. I yeah. actually find the, the national anthem at the Super Bowl, I found myself getting a little bit emotional really? because it's like everybody here, this is the most important thing. Like this is, there's, a, there's so much energy in the building at that point. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember the name of the artist who did the national anthem last year. Country uh, singer. Uh, Stapleton. Stapleton. Yeah. yeah. He's He's Good great. for you, Zach. Yeah, yeah big over fan of music over yes. here. Yeah, he was awesome. Did you watch the Grammys um, last night? I did not. Uh, he was great. Uh, I appreciate his guitar playing as a fellow guitar player. So, uh, yeah, no, it was definitely it was a good national give anthem us, last uh, year. Give us like 60 seconds on your guitar. Ooh. Sicko dumb. Um, I am a gear nerd for sure. Um, I'm kind of a recovering gear nerd, uh, getting out of it a little bit because it is a, uh, as my mom would put it, a rabbit trail. Um, you know, you get stuck down the trail and you can't turn around. Oh, I've um, never heard that before. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I. I'm a big fan of like old guitars, you know, like uh, I've got like a Martin acoustic that like is from 1959. That's like my prized possession. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm a big Jimi Hendrix fan, big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Uh, I'm kind of like a blues dad. Like that's an expression mm. in the guitar world. Like I don't what play like, mean? it means you play like blues music that was popular like in the 70s, What's 80s. What's the song? What's the example? Great. That sounds great to me. Um, honestly, like just like a, like a, it's called a 12 bar blues. You've heard okay. it before. Uh, but I play a lot of Jimi Hendrix stuff. And honestly, like my, uh, I don't know if it's a guilt like you know appreciation but I really love John Mayer I know John Mayer's kind of okay. like a polarizing figure maybe not the person John Mayer but sure. the musician he's awesome he's like the last of a like I know I'm over 60 seconds but you got me going here John Mayer is like the last like guitar hero like hmm. every every other guitar hero is now like Instagram famous but not actually famous oh. he's like the last one that like is a household name that is awesome at guitar how's okay. Jordan Mylotta strong oh I'm sorry I jumped on you there go ahead Jordan Mylotta's guitar playing? Yeah. He's pretty good. He needs a bigger guitar. I keep telling him, like, you know, you, A, like, you need a nicer guitar, but B, like your guitar like looks so tiny in your hands. So, but he's a pretty good player. Um, Wish I had that problem. Yeah. yeah, I would say like Jordan and I might be, eh, I'm 
might sound a better guitar player than Good, good for you. I, I want to yeah. take your offensive line history as well. Give me your starting five <laughs> offensive linemen of guitar players. Ooh. Of guitar players? Yes. Just like, like based on like their that? style. Oh, okay. like, is left tackle who's going to be the ca- The center is going to okay. be the, the most okay. cerebral, okay. right? Yeah, let's the, do this. The so left tackle is the most I'm physically I'm taking talented. Jordan Mailata because he's technically a musician, so I'm putting him at left tackle. Okay. Um, I'm going to put B.B. King at center. Cerebral. Oh, love that. Yeah. Love uh, cerebral. That. He's a big guy, so he's not going to get pushed around. And he um, can take whatever's coming and go in that direction. Yeah, love great that. innovator. Um, from there... I feel like I'm. Can I can I add a tight end? Can I put yeah, uh, sure. Jimi Hendrix at tight end just because like oh, okay. you know, he's a talented guy. He'll figure yeah. it out. And he's like Kelsey. He'll ju- he'll just sort of riff and do whatever yeah, he wants. Exactly. In the yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's a creative type. Okay. Um, I don't think that the 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 Venn diagram of like guitar players who are also big enough to play offensive line well, really sure, stretches that far. Well, sure, but we're talking far. skill sets. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Kingfish who's definitely big enough to play guitar or play uh, offensive line. He's okay. pretty good. Uh, he might be one of my guards. Okay. And then from there, I honestly I couldn't type. But give me put me in there. Okay. I can play right tackle. Yeah, I could do that All maybe right. not at the nfl level but none of these guys are going to be that good okay. so I like that. yeah so there that, that's that's a four out of five for you at least all right that's <laughs> solid well ej smith thank you so much where uh, where can our uh, our sickos follow you and read you uh ej smith 94 on twitter um, was that your was that your high school number 94 no that's my birth year uh, okay. yeah <laughs> Too young. Yeah. Um, and then inquire.com slash EJ Smith. I probably shouldn't say this on air, but uh, they gave me, like, the author page. Like, that's literally just should. my name. And then they told me that they weren't allowed to do that. Uh, so they told me to keep it under wraps. But I feel like every chance I get, I tell people that story. So, uh, yeah, inquire.com slash EJ Smith. You can find my work there. So. Awesome. EJ is awesome on the Eagles beat. Make sure you check out everything he writes. Everybody knows everybody that. Knows I out. appreciate you guys. I really do. Thank you very much, EJ. <laughs> Good stuff. And uh, before we uh, get to the end of the show, Zach, let me tell you a little bit about Rocket Money, because Rocket Money is how I save money by getting rid of my unwanted superfluous subscriptions. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with just a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They will even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money to negotiate and lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y as we roll along on the P-H-L-Y Eagles podcast brought to you by Factor Meal Kits. Zach, what's going on? That was great. EJ was an awesome guest. Fantastic. Uh, He's a pro. The chat loves him. We got to get him on the show more. Um, And EJ, I've I've known EJ since he started at the Inquirer, and and it's it's just a great writer, great reporter, great person. So, Pumped to have EJ on. What's going on? You see Radio Row starting to fill up a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, the energy is building. Yeah, you can hear, you can see behind me here the uh, that these tables are starting to fill. Credit to All City. That's our, our our parent company. We have seven shows going while we're here. I see the CHGO show is right next to us. Before the Bears that, boys. Before that, they had What Chaos, our hockey show. I see DNVR over there. Um, we got PH. Uh, uh, we got the PHX show. So we got. And PHNX. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, PHNX, 
they, they talked Jonathan Gaddon, so I definitely watched. Yeah, of course. Um, and then uh, we got all city. And they got a bow. And they got a bow. Yeah, battle. Who the spells it correctly? Uh, the All City and NFL show here. And I gotta say, like the 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 race from uh, the checkout or like the the credential check-in to going through this maze of getting to Radio Row and setting all of this stuff up. What a what a performance by the whole crew. Exactly. So uh, yeah, it was, it was it was like a pit change in NASCAR. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really impressive. And as I said, we'll be here throughout the week. But we got a lot of shows on the network and. The, the, the energy is buzzing. We got media night tonight. Um, there, there's availability with the players throughout the week that we'll try to sprinkle some stuff in. But our main objective is to get you quality guests here on uh, on the Radio Row Media Center aspect. They don't call it Radio Row anymore. They call it the Media Center now. For reasons like this, we're more more than radio. We're well, sure, but I mean, there's only so much you can do to change a name that everybody already knows. <laughs> it's like you don't have to refer to the stadium by the uh, okay. like by the the name that they've sold the rights for like you, they're not paying you sure. you can do whatever you want what's your first radio row experience uh, I, I don't know if this is what you're going for, but like my first understanding of Radio Row was the week of shows of Mike and the Mad Dog back in the day. Okay, um, yeah. It, like that's you know I was for, I was I was in New York though, and they, it was like su such a different feel. Like, sure. Uh, who's gonna pop on with Mike and the Mad Dog? And they had like these uh, Super Bowl trivia questions that Mad Dog was such a, a sicko for. It was good stuff. Go uh, okay. Uh, now how, how about, about you? From your personal experience, like from, from my personal experience. Uh, I don't know. I didn't spend much time on Radio Row in 2017. Okay. And so, really, it was last year. Just last year. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Uh, my first year, more or my my first Super Bowl I covered. Because you covered some Super Bowls that were non-Eagles. Yeah, I, I I I covered the New York New Jersey one, and uh, I remember I think was Bruno Mars the he sang then I think. Um, anyways, I was waiting for okay. an elevator with him. This is two music references yeah, I was, I was to you. For, this is fantastic. I was leaving Radio Row. Uh, I think it's Bruno Mars. I apologize if it's not Bruno Mars, but I think it's Bruno Sorry, Mars. Sorry, Bruno, just in case. <laughs> yeah, in case you're watching. And I Bruno, remember uh, we're at the Sheridan in Midtown Manhattan. That's where Radio Row was. And I was I was walking out to go down to the lobby. And uh, I was waiting for the elevator. And with, I, I think, like Bruno Mars and, and all his people. Mm. But um, leaving Radio Row there. But it used to I've be. I've heard that he's... he's uh Short? Is that what you're about to say? Well, okay. I was going to say a different word, but he's, he's more Bruno Pluto than Bruno Jupiter. <laughs> he's normal size to me, Bo. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Find a new slant. Uh, <laughs> no, so, but I would say uh, whether it was the Arizona one or the New York one, let's uh, try the Arizona one. Nick Foles coming through. Uh, mm. Chip Kelly did a Tostitos promotion outside of Radio Row in the Phoenix Super Bowl. That's 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 the 2014 season. That was the Seahawks Patriots. And I remember I'm, I'm waiting to talk to Chip. I'm trying to talk to Chip, right? And uh, and did not um, because Chip was the connection there. That's right. That's yeah. why they they used him. Yes. Uh, and, and didn't you didn't you get him at the Fiesta Bowl before he was hired by the Eagles? I did. I I went to the Fiesta Bowl there. That was good he hustle. Said, he said, "Is there um, a lot of interest in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl at Pats and Geno's. And I said, this week there is. Actually, I think that passage can be, that quote can be found in a book that's coming out this fall. Little wow. Tease, little tease there. Uh, the History of Pats and Geno's by Zach Berman. <laughs> so, no, those are some, now, now, now 2017, um, 
remember, you know, I, I remember that Radio Row in the Mall of America and talking to some different people there and doing some, some different hits there. Uh, last year was fun when we did our show yeah. on Radio Row. And we had some great shows with, with Jeff McLean, with Jimmy Kemsky, with Shield, with Ben Solak. Uh, and we're hoping to get some of those guys this week. So, yeah, I, I, I like the spontaneity of it, right? Um, now, our, our show is awesome every day, if I may say so. But our show is very structured often, right? Like, like we know who the guest is on a typical sure. day. We know what the topic is on a typical day. And we're doing prep work before the show. And not to say we're not preparing for this, but a lot of this is someone's well, – you know, Nick Foles is walking by. Nick, do you want to join us? Right? Please. <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. Uh, I saw Rodney McLeod on TV. If Rodney McLeod's here, we'll say, Rodney, come on by. Right? So stuff like that. And then I'm excited to, to see kind of the, the bow personality shine through in some of these yeah, You're putting too much pressure are, on me here. You're so good at those interviews. You have a way about you. You, you have a way of making that sound like a, the opposite of a compliment. <laughs> It's literally, it, it's a, it is a big compliment. Yeah, you yeah, have a way about you. <laughs> no, you're, <laughs> it's why those wolf dens are so good, because you have a way about you there. So. Yeah, but I don't know that that's what we're going to do tonight. We haven't decided about that. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I might just want to talk to Matt Pryor for 55 minutes. <laughs> we could play that on the show. That'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah, what do you want to catch up to Matt Pryor about? How close he was to winning a Feely. Uh, remember that he was one game away, and then they they played him in week 17. You see, that is that's 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 Bo on the street right there. That's funny. Yeah, I don't like the way that you say Bo on the street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we'll come up with a new name for it. What's your um, What's your most vivid memory of the 2017 Super Bowl week before game day? Oh, I mean, talking to Howie uh, at the media night because okay. because uh, Howie hadn't done much like reflection about the year off before then sure and so getting a chance to talk to howie then but uh i mean if i can be honest with you that year um i had uh and i had a one-on-one with jeffrey Lurie in the team hotel and it's pretty good yeah and i remember um waiting like in the lobby of the team hotel and you know and dom you know dom like clearing me to come through and you know going up there and uh, really enjoyed the the conversation with uh, Jeffrey. I was proud of that story. That was A1 in the Inquirer. How long did you get him for? About an hour. Wow. Yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. What a um, pull. Yeah, and I remember this. Uh, actually, on the flight to, to Minneapolis, uh, I was reading something about the architect from the, about, uh, the, architect of the stadium. Okay. Uh, and I tried doing, like, small talk. <laughs> I brought up, like, this random reference about the architect of the state. He had no idea what you were talking about? <laughs> no, nah, he was very nice about it. But then I remember, like, on the elevator down thinking, like, why did I, I use bring that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of all the things to bring up. You thought up, it was a that? rich person type conversation. <laughs> no, I didn't, think, I, I didn't think it was that. I just thought, I, I, th- I thought it was cool information, right? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah like, like something about the way that state, I, I, yeah. Making small talk. Have you been to this stadium? You know, and you give a you give a little piece of information about how the stadium was designed. I thought it was neat, but I remember thinking like he was being polite. He probably didn't care at all about that. Uh, but no, that the week of that was big. Jeffrey, sit down. That's a good one. That was big because it was like um, he did something. At, at now, did you night. turn that around in one day? Yeah, turn that around in one good day. Good for you. I didn't sleep that night. 
uh, very much. But when did that come out on a Thursday? I spoke. When do you think to, you got him? No, I spoke to Jeffrey on Thursday, I believe. Ooh, a Friday story. And then, no, I spoke to Jeffrey Wednesday night, and the story came. The story ran Friday. Okay, so you, yeah, you, Friday. you wrote it Thursday. Wrote it Thursday. Yeah. Um, so that. That, that, That's a good that answer. jumped out. Now you close your eyes. Uh, and, 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 then, and then I had some really good meals. Um, on Friday, or, or no, no, Saturday, the night before the game, I went with, uh, with Jeff McLean and Bob Ford and, I think, and Greg Bedard to like this, this whole new Italian place um, that was awesome. So that, 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 that sticks out, too. Okay. Now you close your eyes and you think back to last year. Mm. What's the most, what's the first what, most vivid memory you have of the week of Super Bowl, not including the game? <laughs> um. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I was, I was real proud of the stories that Oh, that you're we, laughing because you don't want to? No, I'm laughing because, like. But to your own horn again. No. If I'm, I mean, if, if you really want to be honest. Yeah. I remember, like. Uh, like working on a book deal at the same time. Oh, right? sure, yeah. Um, like in the if if the Eagles won yeah, book yeah. deal, and uh, you know, trying to kind of hammer down some of those oh, details. Yeah, okay. Uh, and the and but I had a I had five stories. Like I wanted to write a big feature every day during that Super Bowl, and I did. You know, and and like. I did a, a Lori story, and I did a Howie story, and then I had the Lane Johnson story, and and, and um, I had a few others there mixed in. That banana that, pudding. Yeah, well, uh, banana pudding was the second day. Lane Johnson was the first day. I wrote Lane Johnson actually on the flight from Phoenix or, or from Philly to Phoenix. Took a late night flight again. I remember yeah. uh, writing that, and so that's why I needed the Wi-Fi to work right. Um, but then just hanging out with—I would honestly answer hanging out with you, hanging out with you and Shield. Uh, great! We had a great Italian meal last year. We saw Paul McCartney. We saw Paul McCartney. Oh, that was a good meal. Yeah, uh, yeah. and Deniz and Ben Harris. Yeah. So that was cool. I I, I really like the meet. I, I like the meetup, seeing different. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, fans of the show, Sunset Shaz. Shout out to Sunset Shaz. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just just covering that game with you was so. It was a fun week together. It was good bonding, and I was real proud of our work. Well, we've got some more bonding to come this week, my friend, as we uh, as we proceed from Radio Row for Super Bowl week for the PHLY Eagles podcast all week presented and brought to you by Factor Meal Kits. You know all about Factor Meal Kits. As, uh, as, as you said, Zach, all the good reasons for Factor Meal Kits. If you go to factormeals.com slash eagles50 and use code eagles50, you get 50% off. And that'll do it for day one from Radio Row for the PHLY Eagles podcast. Zach, good stuff. Thank you to EJ Smith. Thank you to Zach. Thank you to Julia and the whole All-City crew for getting us uh, pit crewed and ready to go just in time for this episode. We will be back tomorrow. 12 o'clock noon on the East Coast, 9 o'clock here in Las Vegas. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching. We'll be back with more tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Whoa, whoa, whoa.